Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Stephen Bates. Stephen, you are the founder of Certain Change. You are found on the web at certainchange.co.uk. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's really great to be here. Thank you, Josh. Give us an overview of your work and what you do. I I like working with people. I'm a, I'm a people person. My business is getting the best out of people, whether it's themselves or um, helping uh, leaders on uh, leverage their teams. Because I, I have a firm belief that um, you can have a great idea, but there's always a person somewhere that can make or break the idea. And it's about the execution of um, that idea. And a lot of people don't live up to their capabilities and they, they don't do the things that they, they can do. So that's what certain change is all about. It's making sure that the leader, the entrepreneur is using their time to the best and using their skills to the best and then making sure that they're getting the best out of their team and they know how to get the best out of their team. So that's the thing I, I love doing the most. Yeah. And so what brought you to this space? Oh, I'll, I'll do my origin story. There, there's two parts to it, if that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, take yeah sure. So I, my first proper career, my first business was as a physiotherapist in the UK or physical therapist, I think you call that in the US. And I started my first, I thought it was a business, but then a millionaire client told me I had a job, um, which was, uh, it was a bit of an opener because I didn't really understand being an entrepreneur. But what I did was I, uh, I noticed something very peculiar. People came in with real pain. They were hurting. They couldn't pick the kids up. They couldn't go to work. They were paying me money. And I used to coach them, give them, stop doing this, do these stretches, do these exercises, because if you do this in between sessions, guess what? You'll get better faster. And guess what? A lot of people did. They got better faster, really happy, referred me. Everything was great. But what I noticed was a large amount of people didn't do what would help them. And when I asked them, oh, did you do the things I, I suggested you to do? About 40% of people, and this is a number I'm pretty confident about over the last 20 plus years, about 40% of people uh, didn't. They sort of forgot or oh, I did a little bit of it. And, and these are people in real, real physical pain. So I thought if, if we do this when we are in acute physical pain, we don't do what's good for us when we're that bad. What else do we do to get in our own way? Where, where else do we do it? And the answer is everywhere. We do it in all sorts of parts of our lives. We do it in our income. We do it in our relationships. We do it in our health. And uh, it got me fascinated. So I pivoted. Um, and uh, about five, six years into really investigating this phenomenon, I realized I was doing it as well. <laughs> I was one of those 40% and I was like, oops. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's, that's where it comes from. It comes from 
wondering why people just don't do the things that they are truly capable of doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And and so today, who do you typically work with? And, 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 and I'm curious about like your audience that you work with and what are the pain points that when, when you begin those conversations with them, like how do they describe it versus how do you uh, maybe more accurately identify? Like a lot of times right. we focus on the symptoms and the reason that, you know, we have a symptom is there's probably something underlying there that might be below the surface for most folks. Uh, it's sheer sheer frustration for most people. Um, that's the that's the first thing that they come with. They're just frustrated um, that they know they're capable of doing more, and they they won't let themselves. And, and this is when you what you're talking about here is people label it as things like imposter syndrome, or they have a lot of anxiety. But what they come with is they have a um, a gap between what they know they could be achieving and what they allow themselves to achieve. And typically that is for for an entrepreneur, it's either they are underpricing or uh, undervaluing their their, their, um, services or product, they're under-promoting it, and that was a thing I I did. So under-promoting or they're under-niching, they're not going for the level of client or customer they should go for. And then the second version of that is when I'm working with big organisations or corporate um execs who've want to be better influencers but they often have the same thing where they're holding themselves back they don't have confidence yeah. in themselves and but then they're looking at how do i influence my team and uh, how do i get the best out of my team so that's that's usually the one two punch they come for themselves because they're going i'm getting in my own way and then when that's got out of the way then they say i want to be better at and it's usually influencing leading uh, sometimes managing but not often yeah. So the underlying thing is they're just they're pure frustration that there's a gap between results and what they know they're capable of. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I love that, you know, on your website here, you know, kind of point out some of the things, you know, how might this be manifesting, right? Or how might you be holding yourself back? Um, you know, maybe a lack of belief that, you know, confidence or, uh, you know, imposter syndrome, um, yeah. It's such a funny thing, right? Imposter syndrome, right? And and I think, you know, I just saw something I, I shared. Uh, it was a memory I shared a couple of years ago. And it was like, you know, I, uh, much of my life, I feel like I'm just a kid, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, just kind of faking my way through life yeah. um, at, at times, you know, like, am I really qualified for this? But, you know, how do you help people kind of circumnavigate that thinking? Well, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, I, I literally had a call with a, a potential new client this morning. It's a, it's a multinational and they wanted to do a, a development day for their people in the UK. And what they had was one person say to them, can you help me with uh, my imposter syndrome? Now, that takes quite a lot of bravery to do that, to actually put this, because this is one of the biggest problems like imposter syndrome, because especially when the entrepreneur, you're the boss, you're the leader, you're meant to be the one that you know, you put sometimes put yourself up on a pedestal and be the one that actually knows the answers. But when they when they asked if anybody else in the company would like a session on this to deal with this, they had over a hundred people come back and go, "Yes, please." So the first thing is, it's actually just an exaggeration of normal doubt. 
it's an exaggeration of normal doubt. Mm. I don't even like the term imposter syndrome, but that's the one everyone yeah. understands. An exaggeration of normal doubt. Yeah. Like, and, and everybody experiences doubt, right? This, you know, this kind, you know, who am I, you know, kind of thinking. And, and, and actually, I would take go even further than that uh, to help people. There's to make a good decision, you're meant to doubt. You're meant to also lose confidence. And this is a natural process of making a good decision. When, if you think about it, when you've got to make an important decision, even a small decision, but especially when it's an important one, the last thing you do before you pull the trigger or sign on the dotted line is you step back and go, is this really the best idea? You're meant to, you're meant to get out of all the, the emotion of why you're doing it, the excitement or the fear, and you're meant to stop and go, is this going to help me get what I want? So we're meant to lose confidence. We're meant to doubt. It's part of the process. And then you weigh it up and say, actually, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Let's go and think this out again. Or, yes, I think it's going to work. Let's go for it. So that's why so many people do it, because it's a natural mechanism that's accidentally mm. been exaggerated. So it's not about the person has a problem not being good enough. Mm. Usually what they have is um, – an over fear of the consequences of making that decision or speaking up in the, in, yeah. in, or making that commitment to that risk. And it's an over-exaggeration that stops them being able to evaluate the decision cleanly. So it's a, just a process that's been exaggerated. And when you can turn that exaggeration off, then people see clearly, then they make great leaps forward because they say, I am capable of going for this new level. I am capable of talking to that person in that meeting uh, because most people, if you say they say, "Oh, I don't like I don't like speaking up in a meeting," mm -hmm. but if you take them into a, an informal meeting, they'll chat away quite happily. They haven't lost the ability to speak; <laughs> they've just been selective about their confidence. So, it's actually quite an easy thing to fix if you look at it as a process. If you look at it as a title, imposter syndrome. It's like, what do you do with that? But if you look at the reason why they're choosing to overly doubt, or overly fear, or overly lose confidence, there's always a reason, and that can be found, or I can guarantee that, in an hour. So there's for every behavior, there's a reason for that behavior. Yeah. And sometimes I think we can look at some of these um, these. I don't say shortcomings, but right. I mean, they're very just normal human yeah. emotions. But but I'd say that there there are consequences to and those things and those consequences. Um, you know, why is it worth addressing these emotions? Number one is it probably doesn't feel good. But number two is you know our um, our if we're missing out on something from a leadership capacity standpoint right we're we're kind of getting in our own way um you know there are consequences outside of us so this in fact uh, you know this affects other people it affects clients customers audiences uh, team members um you know growth and so there's some motivation for us to just why don't we just go ahead and nip this in the bud <laughs> as as america i don't know if that's a, a british expression yeah, but you know yeah, it, it's 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 and that, this is this is what I call a, a sabotage loop. It loops mm. round because it says, "Well, it, this is this is a, a classic example of an entrepreneur um, growing their first team. Their, their business is growing well, 
but what their their entrepreneurial skills got them to that first biz, uh, that uh, that small team, and the team grew into a bigger team, and all of a sudden now they've got a more complex structure, which now needs managing. Whereas before they were leading it, they were leading it. Everyone knew it was going on. It was a startup. Everyone was mucking in, but they don't want to shift away from what they know has worked so far. For example. Because this is where my success has come from. This is where my identity, my pride in myself has come from. But now what they've got to do is do something that actually they don't know how to do. They, most entrepreneurs, I think 75% of entrepreneurs are much better leaders than they are managers. And most you ask most entrepreneurs, do you want to spend time managing? They go, no. So they shouldn't be spending their time because they're better at being leaders, better at being entrepreneurs, making the money, making the deals. So people don't tend to want to get away from what they know. Human beings, the, the, the emotion, I mean, I'm not much into actually working on emotions, to be honest. I think that's a red herring. Mm. Uh, work on the behavior and the thinking and the emotions change automatically anyway, instantly. Yeah. But the mo- first emotion we want is certainty. And when we have to do something different, that we're not good at, we tend to hold back from it as a natural human trait. So we stick with what we know, even though what we're doing is no longer working because you've been successful and your company's growing. And that's when it starts to go wrong um, because you're not being the leader the bigger company needs. That's one example. Yeah. Um, when you work with someone, Stephen, is it is it just a series of conversations that you have someone to kind of help them get realization or, you know, are giving them activities? How do you actually facilitate change? The first thing is find out, well, to facilitate change, is, it's a very simple thing um, to start with. It's why do they want to change compared to why do they not? So, Imposter syndrome is an example of that. I'm I'm capable of working at this level, but I won't let myself. So it's a case of what's the what's the reason why they are not wanting to change, even though they know they do. So the first thing is to find out the reason why they are putting the brakes on, why they're driving with one foot on the brake. First thing to do is you know conversational change, and then them understanding that, facilitating them understanding, and then they simply it's a choice. I don't need to do this anymore. It yeah. doesn't work. It's not appropriate. And they find out sometimes where it's from and where it's come from. It doesn't always need to be that way. But they just realize it's a, a decision that doesn't work, which they can let go like any others. That means that they just go. Um, and then the second part of that is how to apply it in the new level they're working at because they've all of a sudden made a great leap forward. So for most people, it's the first thing is take the foot off the brake and that's conversational change. Sometimes skills. Sometimes you need to give someone some skills, often around leadership um, and uh, people skills, so they can leverage the best. But some people already have those, but they just won't let themselves use them. So it all depends on the person. Yeah. Um, So um, when somebody goes to your website, Stephen, and again, the website is certainchange.co.uk, how do they you know, how do they continue the relationship? So right now, you know, you've probably brought up some things like, probably, I don't think so. <laughs> Where do they go from here? So then it's it's about their goals. It's about their ambitions. It's about what they know they can, uh, they want to go to. So that will then depend on whether it's work on them individually. But often with a, a company, it's then working with their team to 
get their team to meet them. So a leader who's a really good entrepreneur, really great at making the money, really great at creating businesses, it's often I end up time working with their team to be able to uh, let their team take the slack of the, all the things that were, you know, taking up far too much of their time. So I don't look at it as a strength or weakness. I say I always look at that as what's the leader most valuable at, and let's keep them doing what they do the most. And therefore, um, sometimes it's with them, but it's usually working at that point often with their team as well. So the team is working at the best and the entrepreneur can go off and do what they're best at or even um, strangely actually take some time off and enjoy <laughs> the fruits of all their hard work because their team mm-hmm. is actually capable of running the business while the leader can go off and enjoy some of the fruits of their labor after many years. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So Stephen Bates, again, certainchange.co.uk. Great conversation. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's insidious, but it's common. <laughs> so thank you so much for having this public conversation, you know, about, uh, and I, listen, I, I want to let, you know, I, I mentioned, you mentioned, you know, it's how common these emotions are. Um, I don't want anyone to feel bad, right? If, if the, uh, this is very normal, Totally normal, uh, but, you know, let's help you. I, I like the idea of just this, you know, being aware, being present in how I'm feeling. And, oh, there's my old friend insecurity again, popping its head up. <laughs> I don't necessarily, uh, thank you so much for serving me. I know you're just trying to protect me, but, you know, it's, I, it's I like, some, I like that. Some Some of the best things about, identifying problems and as entrepreneurs know that some of the best movements forward some of the best ideas comes from identifying being aware of a problem we tend to think of that in terms of product or service there's a product or service we can be better at but when we do it for ourselves we make great leaps forward and and then that we allow our team to do the same so we should do it with products and services but yeah definitely do it with ourselves and as well in the same way Solve, awesome. Solve better problems. Very cool. Stephen Bates, thank you so much. Again, certainchange.co.uk. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and reshare you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. 
We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the thoughtful entrepreneur movement. Thank you.